the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. And today we're joined by an amazing guest. You can find him on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. He's the co-host of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. He's the co-host of the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. He's a master of impressions. Jake, how you doing? I'm delightful. Thank you for all of the kind words back to back. That was very nice of you to say. I tried my best. As you know, it took a couple tries. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that, man. <laughs> now, today we're going to be talking about some rookies and some preseason hype going on. But before we do that, we like to do a little would you rather personalized for our guests. So those who don't know, but I'm sure if you're listening, you do know Jake is the master of all things impressions in fantasy football. So, Jake, for you, a little bit different one here. Of all the people you do impressions of, who would you most want to be able to spend a day with? Oh, that's an amazing question. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so good, because there's some people where I do the impression. It's like even watching like a snippet of a video before I try it is like kind of painful. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's good. It's going to be bad. Like, I wouldn't want to vibe with that person. So, man, it might be an, e it might be an easy answer, but I'm going to go with it because the first one that came to mind was Matthew McConaughey. Because could you imagine coming up to a bar and he's sitting there or he's in the corner and like probably on like a leather sofa smoking oh, yeah. a stogie or something, just being the coolest Definitely guy very in the world. Cool. Well, oh, could you, the what, conversations that you would have would just it? be intense. Wasn't there something with him about hanging around some college team, some Division One college? He just like hung out for a little while. Oh, I, I think, think he's a Longhorns guy, but I, I don't know about the D one. I, I think it's. I have to imagine there's no way you're having a, a bad time with Matthew McConaughey. Right? You you could not walk out of that experience and be like, well, could have spent a half an hour better than that. <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not going to happen with him. He's hung around. He's hung around the Texas Texas locker room on the sides a few times. I guess just outside the stadium, just hanging out, doing <laughs> Matthew McConaughey things. So, I, would I feel like there's a Days so of Confused joke in there somewhere. <laughs> there's somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> you know what I like about these sophomores? <laughs> I get older, but they stay the same age. All right, all right. There all right. it is. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've had a little bit of fun uh why don't we start talking about some rookies our first one's going to be ramon j stevenson who his sleeper adp in the last dump is rb52 he's kind of had like the biggest preseason so far 192 rushing yards four touchdowns in two games just blowing the doors off mind you against i don't know fourth stringers we don't talk about that where are we at jake what do you think I feel like there's a cautionary tale in here by a man named Amir Abdullah. If you're not familiar with Amir Abdullah, <laughs> who came into this league just a handful of years ago, he also had a very impressive preseason. Really, it was just one game. But he had a couple of long, explosive runs, and everybody kind of went gaga, and his ADP shot up. I was one of those dumb people who bought into the hype fully, and I think I took him as like my RB2 even in that year. And it was just the worst 
decision ever because then he went on to have no fantasy use whatsoever, basically. Not saying Ramondre is going to be that, but I'm just saying be cautious uh, about these preseason darlings, especially running backs, especially running backs without a definitive role on their team, which seems like it would it would fit him to a T because obviously it's a Belichick offense. We talk about these backfields year after year and how terrible they are to have to choose from because on any given week, it could be somebody will give you a flex worthy week, or they could just completely bust out on you. Uh, I do like Damian Harris quite a bit in that offense already. I think he is the legit one there. Not by much. He's not going to be a workhorse like Ezekiel Elliott or anything, but, and my guy, James White, a former Badger, James White is still clawing around there and he's going to, siphon off enough of those catches uh, that I think it's still going to give you a headache. Yeah. James White, old reliable, still hanging around. I kind of feel like there could be something there for Ramondre. It's just definitely not this year. Maybe next year, Sony Michelle, they didn't pick up the option there. So he's probably going to be gone. Well, James White's a free agent after this year. Maybe they both go. Ramondre finds some way, you know, into getting some more touches. He's a decent receiver for his size. Uh, Skylar, what do you think? Yeah, I think with a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, um, not too much college production. Nothing jumps off the page with his player profile. Uh, his best comp to me, if you're looking, especially with the Patriots, it's 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 lazy, it's easy, that's what I like, would be LeGarrette Blount. He's, he's, an, he's an inch shorter, 10 pounds lighter, similar BMI. But I think that's kind of what you're looking at best here, especially seeing him punching in touchdowns. That's what he does. So for me... Um, you know, the most I'm looking at Stevenson is just a headache for Damian Harris or anyone else in there. It just kind of adds to this carousel in New England where you're never confident with any of the backs you're playing. I think he just makes it worse. So it's kind of a narrative thing. If you would like to say, hey, he might give me those touchdown weeks in my flex, like Blunt did a couple of seasons, sure, go for it. If you think Damian Harris is the guy, and you're like, no, once Harris is in there, this just shows what he could do in that spot because he's better than Stevenson. Run with... Run with the narrative, but for me, it just screams New England. We've, we've seen it before. I'm never going to let myself get too excited about anyone who plays for this team. Uh, you said his his ADP dump was at 52. I would have 52. to. I would have to imagine that the next one he'll climb in the top 40, which is one heck of a jump from a preseason. Well, I hope that. And so what I'm doing when I see that level of a jump is I personally don't have any shares. But if you had some, you probably got them back of the third, maybe top of the fourth in your rookie drafts. If you can on a team that doesn't look too hot with a not so great manager who's excited from preseason football wants to give you a second for him. Maybe even you recoup the third you spent and get a second on top of it. I'm looking to move him as quick as I can. You know, I'm going to put it out. I'm going to hear offers to be like, Hey, nothing crazy. I'm not going to say now he's suddenly a first rounder, but if y'all want to put seconds on the table, I'm listening that that's where I'm sitting with a with a Stevenson. Cause when you take a running back, any running back outside the first round, you know, especially outside the second round in your dynasty drafts, rookie drafts, I'm talking, you're 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 looking at just an, you want ROI. You just want to see anything. You just want to see return on that investment to any level of scale. So if I can if I can recoup back what I spent and pick up the juice of a second, I'm gonna do it because those those will add up. I think the process there is correct. If you miss out, you miss out. But I'll be I'm very happy missing out when it comes to New England, uh, and I don't have to cheer for New England. So. Added bonus. Double win. <laughs> Double win. <laughs> I love what you said about the the trading away right now, though, because this is one of those, like, I always look at the last rounds of those rookie drafts. is like, find a guy who has an easy pathway to hype 
and then capitalize on that. Now, I didn't think that he had an easy pathway to hype in that <laughs> offense. Lo and behold, he did. So yeah, definitely take advantage. Yeah, I think if someone's going to give you a second for Amandre, you should hit smash immediately, accept, and take it to the bank. Yeah. Moving on to our next guy, we're going to talk about Zach Wilson, who he was going as QB 19 in the last sleeper ADP dump. Uh, looking pretty impressive. This is the one here that we have that I'm like, really, this. I think this is starting to look for real. He's, the way he's navigating the pocket, throwing really accurate passes. We've seen the, some of the off-the-script stuff going on has a really good connection with Corey Davis. It looks like uh, he's locking on to him and they, they seem to be working really well together. I'm getting kind of excited about him. Jake, what do you think about Zach Wilson? Yeah, he does seem to be a rookie that will be more comfortable than I initially thought. I thought it was going to take some growing pains before we actually saw sort of the, uh, the roof for him, which I do believe is, is higher than people want to admit. Yes, Justin Fields is more exciting. Yes, Trey Lance is more exciting. But Zach Wilson, in that revamped offense, keep that in mind, please. It is not the same old Jets offense, so we do have to consider that. In that revamped offense, I think he can actually work himself into a very relevant and consistent fantasy starter. Like you said, Corey Davis, I'm a believer now that Corey Davis, (laughs) if nothing else, will be very helpful for his quarterback. (laughs) Setting aside his own individual fantasy uh, relevance there, but um, and Elijah Moore, I also like quite a bit in that offense. Um, they don't have a ton of weapons, but at least the ones that they do have. Yeah, he's showing plenty of good tendencies, you know, when he's going after these guys. So I don't know. He's he, he's that kind of sneaky guy at the back of your drafts, especially for redraft, you know, where if you're really punting the position, I'm suddenly feeling OK if he's my quarterback. Yeah, I like how you break up like revamped offense. We need to remember this. That we got to get the old stink of the Jets like out of our mind. This is a new team, really, like top to bottom. Yeah, like we got got to get that out of our minds. I'll say, you know, it's preseason, easy defenses, simple things. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts to some more complex defenses and blitzes because that was the thing that we were always worried about with him. But if he passes that in the first few weeks, I mean, giddy up, Skyler. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Zach Wilson is a guy that I've been on, you know, since pre-draft when we were running, we were running mocks like crazy back, you know, February through May before the draft even hit. And uh, as much as my brand as Mr. 105, because I did three digits worth every mock out of the 105, as much as (laughs) Michael Brand at the 505 routes was part of my brand, so was Zach Wilson, the pick before there at 408. I smashed him every single time. And it, it translated into my actual drafts. A lot of startups I had post-draft, I was able to get him there at that 408, and I was just excited. He was overlooked, especially when Trey Lance got a little bit of a bump, and I loved to see it. Um, yeah, I just, I think he, he's, he's an incredible prospect, and with everything the team has done, they've done more for Zach Wilson in one offseason than they did for Sam Darnold in, like, three years uh, between, you know, a tr- like at least saying, hey, we need to address this O-line. Whether or not they made the right moves, they said, we know this. Like a lot of the old administration, they you don't even know what they're doing. They You see them, they pay a guy like Corey Davis. They bring in a guy like Elijah more early. Um, you know, even last year, guys like Mims, they've just shown that they're more, they're more in on the process. They want to get behind Zach. And I love how comfortable he looked. I put something out on Twitter um, after 
the the game where he looked he looked very comfortable and said um you don't have to just because you like any of these rookies doesn't mean you have to dislike any of the other ones because i think this class is special in the fact where we might have four or five potentially six um <laughs> quarterbacks who have some bit of relevance for fantasy where you just don't get that in a lot of seasons um so just because you like you love trey lance or you love justin fields or you're like it's trevor lawrence and no one else whatever you feel doesn't mean you have to be totally out on any of these other guys so where i've been on zach wilson's on his back you know since early in the process it doesn't mean you have to hate any other guys it's just you can be excited for all of them i have zach wilson as my like qb 13 in dynasty i have him right after aaron Rodgers at this point which is where i think that's kind of the mold of what you'd like to see. Obviously, the high end, but the style of play from a guy who's not necessarily right. mobile first. That's the mold you like to see him. So I'm comfortable with him there. And him coming off the board at QB 19, I I, I love the bet. I love the bet. And in rookie drafts, because there's so many quarterbacks, and then you have on top of it the Pitts hype and the Chase hype and the Najee hype, he's he's getting pushed anywhere from like the 105 to the 110 in a lot of rookie in a lot of the rookie drafts and. Uh, that's incredible. You're not going to get a quarterback that gets taken second overall with, you know, so much being put behind him and so much passion from the organization at the back half of your rookie drafts almost ever. So uh, he's just been a value across the board. Uh, I'm not sure right now there's much to buy, but my initial reactions is, is, is I am excited. And, you know, unfortunately you, you probably missed your buying window. <laughs> If you wanted in, you're probably right. If he has a couple of stumbling blocks out of the gate, maybe you get that opportunity back yeah, for a short. It might bit, come back. But maybe you never know. Yeah, I do like you hitting on the the Jets dedicating you know their off season to building around him. I think that was really important. You know, bringing Corey Davis, like you said, rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore, moving on to another rookie receiver Terrace Marshall, our last guy for this podcast, sleeper ADP wide receiver forty five. What I liked about Terrace Marshall coming into the draft was at the top heap of those wide receivers, he was the guy who had some legit size and speed going on, unlike a lot of the other wide receivers in this class were smaller. And what I really liked about Terrace Marshall going to the Panthers, he's hooked up with Joe Brady, coached him in college. Now we're seeing him start to show out in the preseason. He's been playing that kind of like big slot role that he did in college. And of course, he fits right in doing pretty well. Jake, what do you think about Terrace Marshall? I'll be honest, Terrace Marshall was not on my radar very much. He, he just wasn't. Um, only because I looked at him going to that offense, maybe a little bit less favorably than I should have. Um, you know, we're talking about last year with the Panthers. Of course, CMC is out for the majority of the season, which changes a lot of things. But that trio that they had there previously uh, all finished basically neck and neck in points per game last year. I believe it was literally like, wide receiver 25, 26, 27, or something yeah, like something that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of, of, I don't know, upside for anyone particular there. But, of course, we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater versus Sam Darnold, um, and I think he is the linchpin in whatever your process is with this team. Do you trust Sam Darnold? Do you not trust Sam Darnold? Um, and does CMC bite into too much of the target share to give all of these guys uh, a chance? Of course, Robbie Anderson just got um, extended, so he gets another uh, a couple of years, I believe, for a contract already locked up there 
So that says that they like Robbie Anderson. And of course, everybody loves DJ Moore um, to some extent. I'm a little bit lower on him than, than most, admittedly, but it does seem too claustrophobic for me to really believe in the short term that uh, Terrace Marshall is going to break out. I, I think the talent is amazing, but I could see this being that year two guy where you're really happy if you stashed him or you're really happy if you go after him in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, I love the point of looking to get him into the season and the offseason because the, the slow start or the crowded room or whatever you want to say, the adjustments, that that that's your window. That's your window for Terrace Marshall. He's got he's got Des Bryant, Allen Robinson size. You know, he's a little faster than both of them. He just might not. The question is whether or not he has that alpha personality there. Um, but I love his fit next to DJ Moore. Uh, the note I want to make with Robbie Anderson is the two-year extension happened like within the last day, did it not? So if that might be some new news, Friday when listening, because a point I have had all offseason on Terrace Marshall is they might get out of Robbie, you know, after this season. But with, with the with the extension there, it was like two years, thirty million, roughly something like that for him. So yeah, I believe it's twenty nine. It is significant. So follow the money. That is a little bit of a knock to him. But I do like that he had okay college production. Uh, he's had a positive camp. He's made some impressive looking plays, and he's got you know the one thing he did have in college with the production is touchdown upside. So where like Robbie might be getting last of these him a lot with these low. De- low ADOT scenarios, I really hope they start using them deep and bring DJ Moore back closer to those low ADOT and let him rack up some uh, some yak. But he does something that they don't. So there is a spot for him to contribute to that offense. It could be, you know, you could see early, you know, if he grabs a couple of touchdowns and he has six, seven touchdowns this year and only four or 500 yards, I think that's a very optimistic season, especially from a rookie. Uh, people have been spoiled with the last couple classes. Um, I think that'd be very positive. He might be a guy it might take, as you said, it might take a couple of years for Terrace to come on, but he's, he's a guy I would love to stash, and he's going middle of your second round in rookie drafts. Uh, maybe not if you have him now, but that's where he was going. Uh, so why? where are you? Yeah, that, that Robbie Anderson contract is really interesting. It makes me wonder if they're planning on getting on a DJ Moore when his contract is up now that's two years down the road. Cause he is under contract next year, but maybe they're thinking we're not going to be able to t- pay DJ more in two years. Let's get Robbie Anderson under contract. I don't know what's going on there. I will say though, with all the weapons in an offense, it is a pretty condensed offense around those weapons as they've shown. Um, so will he have a large target share? I don't think so, but I think that there could be enough for him to at least have a role and be a little bit productive, but I do agree. I think that it is something where you're looking a couple of years down the road and he does have the profile to be able to become an alpha. We'll, we'll see if that happens, but it is Jake. I like you said, bringing up Sam Darnold. That's the linchpin here. Does that work out? Can he be the QB of the future for the Panthers? If not, then we're kind of like setting back time on really that offense, you know, do you guys have any final thoughts on Terrace Marshall? Um, no, I, I don't know. Jacob can jump in there. Yeah, I was just going to say one, one final thing about that quarterback situation because it is so intriguing. And like you said, what happens if Sam Darnold is not the guy? Then yes, do they hit the big reset button or do they get really active in the trade market again? I don't know, but we're kind of seeing 
a possibility in Denver of what could happen where it's like, is anybody so in on those very good wide receivers over in Denver right now? Some are, but some have a lot of hesitations because that quarterback situation is so weird. And you could be looking at another weird situation if it doesn't pan out with Darnold this year. And Carolina and Denver have been, but those have been the two names caught up with a lot of this Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. So like where Darnold might not work out, it could kind of force their hand to either. uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't uh, project that they'll have the highest of draft picks, but if they do want to make a move in the market, they're, they're an intriguing landing spot because the options are plentiful. I really do like what they have there at the core. Um, And Marshall, I'd rather take a shot on Marshall than a guy like a Michael Pittman, and they're very similar in ADP. And so that, that's kind of where I fall. 100% agree. Yeah. I, I myself am really gullible, so I believe that Sam Darnold uh, is going to work things out for the Panthers, but we'll see what happens there. I think that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Jake, before you go, is there anything you would like to plug? Man, I'm just hanging out. I'm hanging out around Twitter at Jake Throwbridge. You can always find me over there. I have a lot of free time. I'm very bored. Uh, yeah, I'm co-hosting Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football and uh, Ball Blast Football. Both of those really ramping up, obviously, with the season just around the corner. So very excited uh, for all that is on the table for those podcasts. Jake, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime. For, as for us, you can find all of our content at jwbfantasyfootball.com. Subscribe, follow everywhere. We're everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, all your listening platforms. For Skylar, for me, we'll see you next time. It's great. Easy peasy. Whew. I love this brisk podcast. Man, that is the <laughs> greatest idea. <laughs> yeah, you Why don't great, more people man. do that? <laughs> Sorry that we, uh, we we jumped on toes once or twice. That never happens, actually. We we never. Really I did. think that was me, honestly. I no, think that was great. me because my la- my internet's lagging just oh. a teeny tiny bit. I think that was. I'll be the oh, uh, the culprit here. No, don't <laughs> I think it was all good. I think we we're excited. That's what it was. Yeah, about. a little bit of excitement. <laughs> we can't handle it. Well, thanks for having me on this, you guys. This was thank uh, you for joining awesome. us. So easy. So anytime yeah. you guys are looking for a guest, hit me up. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, you bet. You guys have a good night. All right, you, you do the same. Well. Thanks. Get easy. See ya. Uh, it went all right.